On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. Stream the show on the free ESPN app or on your Alexa, Google, or Siri smart speaker. Turn it up! Turn it up! Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. Are you crying? Oh, my Lord. I am sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? Don't hang up, please. I- From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 1063. Hey, kiddos, welcome to your lunch hour on this Friday. We've made it. The show is officially a week old. Happy birthday, show. You're listening to us on ESPN 106.3, the free ESPN app. And I'm your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google Play. ESPN 106.3. And I don't think birthdays work like that, where you can actually have a birthday after a week. We're in the ESPN West Palm Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios from the Phillips Point Towers. Downtown West Palm right off the glistening Intracoastal. I'm Ken Lavica. He's Chris Coquel. If you want to talk to us, you can. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. On the old tweet machine, you can tweet at the show at ESPN West Palm. Ken Lavica Live, of course, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 21 years preparing students for jobs in the sports industry. Find out more at FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Coquel. You made it through day one of the Masters. You've made it through an entire week here on Ken Levick Alive in the, the pantheon of great weeks in your life. Uh, where does this one rank? I think, first of all, our week birthday would be Monday, not Friday <laughs> at the end of the week. That's actually a sensational point as well. So I was super wrong on so many accounts there. But, I mean, is there anything more iconic than Ken Levick Alive? Nothing. Featuring Coquel. Yeah, absolutely I will nothing. fight and put my name every... I might just start yelling featuring Coquel when you say Ken LeVick Alive. <laughs> By the way, that does remind me to tell you that Ken LeVick Alive featuring Coquel, you can subscribe to the podcast. It's up literally minutes after every show concludes. I'd say one uh, ten Eastern time, that baby's up and ready to go. So subscribe, rate it, and make sure that you bask in its glory Every single weekday. I love yesterday's promotion of it on an, an audiogram, which is like a Twitter thing with the audio there, where you said Lane Kiffin joined Ken. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> That's right. I'm not here, anyone. So if co- anyone wants to know, the Coquel is not part. It's not featuring Coquel, your, apparently. Your sole contribution in that interview yesterday was laughter. I asked him a question about Ryan Day that I was hoping he was going to take a shot at Ryan Day, and he didn't. He did not. He it did not really take the bait on that. a question when he didn't take the bait. Um, before we get to Michael Conforto and the disaster, the hilarious disaster that was the Mets and Marlins that ninth inning yesterday, um, uh, if you recall yesterday, Chris Coquel admitted that he has never had pimento cheese. He's never eaten pimento cheese. I don't care for it. I am not a fan, but... It is the Masters, and pimento cheese and the Masters go together hand in hand. And so I said I was going to do it, and Coquel, I did it, because in my left hand, I have pimento cheese that I am opening right now, and I'm going to walk over to you, all right, and I'm going to open it so you can't get out of this. You said you wanted to taste it, but there's a caveat to this. Oh, just smelling it, man. Um, 
I want this whole thing. This is a 16-ounce tub of pimento God. cheese. 16 ounces. That is, if you're scoring at home, 14 servings of That's pimento cheese. Uh, you have 55 minutes, and, sir, you're on the clock. So what I've done for you, though, just so you're not eating straight pimento cheese with a spoon, and I do hope you're hungry, I did get you white bread because did, you can make pimento cheese sandwiches if you would like. Let me grab that for you. Did you get me a knife maybe to cut it? That would be that would help, too, if I could uh, spread the cheese on That's there. a good call. I can do that for you, uh, but I do have a spoon for you. So hold on. I'm going to walk it over to you now. All right, Ken, here's the play. By the way, Ken is walking over a tub of cleanse. So here's your... Here's Pimento cheese. There's the spoon, and here's the bread. If you want to open it, go ahead. Um, and there you go, people. Thank you for listening to Ken Levick Alive. This will be the end of our right. radio career. Right. So it is now 12.06 Eastern time, and how, uh, what's your initial thoughts now that you've smelled it? It smells like mayo. Because uh, mayo is a significant component of pimento cheese. No, I can't eat a tub of mayo. Uh, but it's not. There's cheese in there as well. You said you like cheese. You like peppers. So taste it, taste it, taste it, and let me know what you think. What do you think? Initial thoughts. Not great? Oh, man, he is struggling. <laughs> oh, it's, it's going like to be a weird. Lot. I know. I told you. The te- what did I tell you yesterday? It would be good with crackers. Bro, I'm telling you. What did I? I, I, I the texture. I told what you that, that was what. It, kick? I told you that was what was going to get you is the texture of it. So off to a poor start with the 16 ounces of pimento cheese being eaten by 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, actually, if you could, Coquel, take a photo of it right now. I want, I want to see the beginning and the end of how much of the pimento cheese you can get through on this Masters Friday, okay? And by the way... Yeah, uh, I will, I'll take this one photo for the beginning and the end of how much I'm going to get through. Uh, by the way, I, I will personally make you a pimento cheese sandwich in breaks if that's going to make this easier for you because maybe bread will, will assist you in, in accomplishing this. Uh, but uh, by the way, Masters Leaderboard reports throughout the weekend here on ESPN uh, 106.3. Uh, and we also have a surprise for all of you. Uh, Tyler Cameron, who played his high school football in Palm Beach County, Jupiter High School, was a quarterback at Wake Forest, also a tight end at Florida Atlantic, but best known for his star work as a key component of the Bachelorette, the Alabama Hannah season. Uh, Tyler Cameron joins us right around 1230 on this Friday on Ken Levick Alive, and we'll also bring you the what the hell moments of the week. But I do want to begin with what happened yesterday at City Field, because it was hilarious and it was relatable. The Marlins lose 3-2. Bases loaded, ninth inning, one out. Michael Conforto of the Mets gets hit by a pitch. Now, the problem is the pitch was in the strike zone. And Michael Conforto did not move and, in fact, looked like he leaned his elbow into it a bit. And this is how it sounded yesterday on SNY. 1-2 coming. And the slider in there. Strike three. So keep in mind, SNY Coquel is Coquel is retching, retching with the it. taste of I'll the try, pimento I'll try cheese. One sandwich. All right, all right, I'll make you a sandwich at the break, okay? But man, that was hilarious. Try not to laugh as Coquel is literally lurching forward. It after is so people at the Masters pretend to be hoity-toity by eating that. <laughs> like there's better ways. Oh man, this is making me so happy right now. But SNY, that is the Mets broadcast yesterday, and uh, Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, we're talking. 
the best of the game. But even they immediately, immediately, this is the Mets broadcast on SNY, they are questioning how in the hell was that called a hit-by-pitch, bases loaded, force in the winning run. That was a strike. You can be hit by a pitch and it still be a strike. So, of course, the Marlins want to replay the pitch, but you can't. You have replay in Major League Baseball, but you can't use it for balls and strikes. And so you can't go to replay, and the Marlins lose. And in the most hilarious twist of all of this, we know that the umpire failed miserably, okay? We know that this was an absolute abomination of a finish to this game. It's embarrassing how obvious it was that this was a blown call and that the Marlins got screwed. But umpire Ron Culpa, who was behind the plate, according to pool reports, said this after the game. Quote, the guy was hit by the pitch in the strike zone. I should have called him out. Well, no bleep, Ron. No bleep. (laughs) We know. We're completely aware of that. You should have called him out, and the game should have uh, continued with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. But instead, the Marlins lose. So after the game, Kokel, I'm looking through Twitter, and I am seeing a ton of tweets with, Michael Conforto cheated. What a cheater. What a cheater. Michael Conforto cheated. But how is Michael Conforto the focus here when the umpire blew the call for me? If I'm Michael Conforto and I'm trying to win a game, I firmly am in the camp of you take any edge you possibly can, you risk anything you possibly can to win a game. If that means sticking your arm into the strike zone and hoping that you have one of the most incompetent umpire calls or non-calls of all time, you do it. And I actually, did, did Michael Conforto cheat? Sure. Did Michael Conforto cheat and succeed? Yes. Did Michael Conforto cheat, succeed, and that makes it okay to me? The answer is wholehearted yes. Objective was to win. Did the Mets win? Yes. They won. I was totally okay with that. It's not his job to umpire the game. He's the player. He's supposed to do what it takes to win. My legendary Little League career was based off of cheating. I used to do the (laughs) foul ball trick my last year of Little League where if someone stole second base and I noticed in the first inning that team didn't look in while they were stealing – the catcher would throw me the ball, I would hold the ball, and I would sit there and be like, oh, it was foul. And they would go to jog back to first, I would tag them out, and then we'd, the inning would be over, and that would be it. I did it like six or seven times, uh-huh. and then all the Little League dads got together, had a meeting, and said, if I did it again, I was thrown out of the league. And I still stand by my rule. Like, it's their fault for not playing the game right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we weren't like six, by the way. We were probably too old to be playing Little League at that point. <laughs> not good enough for the school team playing Little League. Danny Almonte? So, what are the... What are the, your tales of cheating in sports? It could be at your Little League level. It could be Pee Wee League football. It could be flag football. It could be you in college. You, if you were a pro, but what are your tales of cheating and succeeding and winning in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. For me, when I was playing junior high basketball, you know me, Coquel. I'm short as hell. I, I'm 5'7", listed 5-6 in reality. But if I wanted to go down and try and grab a rebound, I mean, I'm not going to out-jump anybody. I'm not going to out-muscle anybody. So I found out. I used to be a big boxing fan. So I know where the kidneys are. And what I used to do was throw elbows into kidneys. It's very hard for officials to see. It crumples over the person that you're underneath the basket with. And all of a sudden, you have the basketball. 
and I only got caught a couple of times, received only one flagrant foul in what was serial kidney elbowing when I played uh, junior high basketball. And for me, did I know it was dirty? Yes. Was I cheating? Of course. Was I succeeding by cheating? Yes. And that was okay with me. And that's exactly what Michael Conforto did yesterday. When have you cheated and succeeded? And how did you feel? Did your moral compass get in the way? Or was it okay? Because the glory of victory took over your feelings. 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. I mean, Coquel, you're a coach. If I'm trying to think of a hypothetical here. Okay, say you have an offensive lineman. All right. And he is consistently holding, but the officials aren't calling anything throughout the game. And you're running so he's back. Doing a good job. Your running back is racking up 150, 200, 250 yards. You're not telling him to go do the right thing, right? Like you're telling him, hey, keep doing what you're doing. No, there's nothing that bothers me more than those commercials where the kid goes back to the ref and was like, oh, it was out on me. Bro. You give the other team the ball. I would be like, dude, you're on the bench. You're I done. I absolutely love you bringing it up. That PSA is the most infuriating thing that I see consistently on television. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's a sportsmanship PSA. It's a tight basketball game, late in the game. Uh, kid tips the ball out of bounds. The official gets it wrong, uh, gives that kid's team the ball. He goes into the huddle. There's like two seconds on the clock, and he goes, Coach, I touched it. My bad. And goes to tell the official, to change the call. If I was that kid's coach, I would be furious. And you can judge me on uh, how I'm going to be a parent and eventually probably a girls' sports coach uh, in a couple of years' time. But if I was the coach, I'd be like, what are you doing? You just lost us the game, moron. Why would you admit to something like that? Yeah, that's a tell you, you're not playing for me anymore. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Go find another team, child. Um, uh, but what are your tales of glorious sports cheating? Because Michael Conforto cheated. He did. He made no effort to get out of the way of a ball. He was not crossed up by that pitch. I don't he, even know if you can call it cheating. He just played the game. He leaned into it. Is he that did. cheating? But he, yeah, he, he did cheat. Because you're supposed, to, you're supposed to move out of the way of the ball. You're supposed to move out of the way of the pitch. You need to make an effort. The umpire blew the call, though. So Michael Conforto knowingly cheated, but did so in order to see if the umpire completely blew it, which he did, in which case he succeeded. There's levels to this whole thing. What are your tales of glorious sports cheating? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Michael Conforto, yeah, he cheated. Where are you, though, on like Draymond Green and the junk kicks? Because <laughs> like, that's a little bit different. But, right. but he's just playing the game and trying to get away with it. Yeah, but... There's kidneys. There's kidney elbowing like I would do. There's not getting out of the way of the pitch like Michael Conforto did. And then there's kicking in the junk. That is a step too far for me, for my liking, for my taste. And maybe someone else, their sensibilities aren't offended by that. But when it comes to openly <laughs> openly front kicking in the junk, then I have a little bit of a problem But he's just playing the it. game, Ken, I, and he's not getting caught. But he, then he did get caught. But when he, when he wasn't getting he did it a lot <laughs> until he got caught. So there was All a right. stretch. Like the serial killer's killing people, but he's not really a serial killer <laughs> until he gets caught. So there was a stretch where he was just living life, killing people, and not caught. Uh, that is a weird analogy that you just used. Um, but the junk kicking, I do sort of have a problem with that. That is where I need to, to, to draw a line. 
Your tales of sports cheating, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. And we are brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Ken Levick Alive, brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Dr. Jim Reardon, this man knows what it takes to get his students into the sports industry. We're talking in-person learning. We're talking remote learning. We're talking internships. We're talking courses that are taught by people in the sports industry. You're getting first-hand experience, and I have known Dr. Reardon for a decade, and I have seen so many success success stories come out of his program. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, this is your path into the sports industry. Find out more, fau.edu slash sport. fau.edu slash MBA sport. Chris Coquel is trying desperately to choke down the pimento cheese that I brought him today, and we are off to a horrific start. I've eaten two little spoonfuls. I can't. The smell. I have to push it. And I will. I'll eat a sandwich, and you can even load it on however right. you want. I'll eat a sandwich, but I'm not eating that tub. I'm going to. I might be on home team three to five, and I'm hosting Evan Cohen five to six today. And just keep in mind that people, and high school hysteria. People pay money for that at the Masters. They don't. They pay money to pretend like they like. It's like you when you like soccer. You don't really like soccer. You just want to sound smart. He's Chris Kokel. I'm Ken Lavica. I'm live. That was unnecessary on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Lavica and Chris Kokel. Rory McIlroy hit his dad with a shot. On the most hallowed grounds in golf yesterday. And my mind immediately went to a time where I unintentionally, seriously injured my sister. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106, the Ray Friday edition with Chris Coquel. Chris Coquel, who until today. Bread. All right, so Chris Coquel, until today, had never tried pimento cheese. And I've been trying to get him into the Masters spirit. And again, I don't like pimento cheese, I love the Masters. He took a couple of spoonfuls of pimento cheese. That didn't go well. Uh, again, there were some dry heaves, it appeared, from behind the producer's yeah. board. I, no, mean, legit. I legit thought that you were going to vomit on the board, and then we would have had a whole host of other problems. Really? Uh, the station would have ran better. <laughs> that's actually uh, my next fix for the station. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, that's the next way to troubleshoot <laughs> our issues. Um, but So now I, I made Coquel. Whoa, you're killing that Very thing. Fun. I made Coquel a pimento cheese sandwich. I included the white bread because pimento cheese can only be made with the whitest of white bread. So I got him Wonder, <laughs> Wonder Bread. bread. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> really, really, white bread really white bread, really white guy, and it works out perfectly. Uh, but you're, you're enjoying it much better with the bread. Yeah, it's not bad with the bread. It's good. All right. So do you think you can get through all 16 ounces? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a – well, we, we sent a before photo uh, at ESPN West Palm on Twitter, uh, The what the pimento cheese looked like before Coquel dug in. We're getting there, though. He's made some progress. So uh, before we talk with Tyler Cameron of The Bachelorette uh, and former Jupiter High School star, we'll, uh, we'll take another picture and put it out on, uh, on social media. So, again, he's Chris Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka, and we – are here on ESPN 1063. Uh, we are going to ask him, and I, uh, you know, he he is a Jupiter guy. He's sort of he does the boating thing, and he's a man of the outdoors. I'm sure he golfs, and so we'll ask him about the pimento cheese. Uh, that was a rough bite. But Rory McIlroy yesterday, he's on seven, and he's in the rough. He hits an approach to the green, wayward shot, and he hits someone in the gallery. Now keep in mind. 
the Masters uh, has limited capacity. It's still at around 20%. So it's not like you're even close to what traditional galleries would be behind the ropes with three, four people deep. Um, these are just people sporadically placed down seven. Uh-oh, Coquel just spit out some of the pimento cheese sandwich. Apparently, the, the run is over. I felt good. I ate the half really good. Is your stomach churning a little bit? Yeah, and I almost gagged and threw up all of it. Like, not even kidding. Oh, this is amazing. Just to look rich. This like, just is, to look like you fit in. People are going to eat that. This is legit. Um, oh. One of the... Oh, listen to that. That was... I mean, for real, though, like, yeah, joking aside, please don't, please don't vomit on the board. I would appreciate... I don't want to vomit anywhere. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about the board. Um, but Rory McIlroy hit his father. He somehow hit a person... With people just sort of sporadically spaced throughout the course. But hit his dad in the leg. Rory McIlroy hit his own father in the leg. And it's extremely hard to do that with no fans. But then to hit the man who helped birth you, that's incredible. Maybe his dad deserved it. Uh, I, I mean, that is a, a, a karmic level of occurrence. And it reminds me, though, of the time that I was sledding with my sister. I'm from Chicagoland, and so it snows a lot there. Snow is a big part of my life. I am so glad I haven't seen snow in about 13 years you now don't at miss this it? point. I don't miss it at all. Oh, I miss it. Uh, we lived in a cul-de-sac, and the snowplow would pile snow in front of our front yard a good five, six and a half, seven feet sometimes. And so, you know, age 10, 11, 12, you can still sled down that and have a pretty good time. My sister and I went out. We had a cylinder, just a metal cylinder sled. Uh, it, it wasn't even like a plastic sled. It was a cylinder, a disc, and it was made of metal, flat-out metal. So I go to the top of this, this snow pile that the plow has made. My sister is below me. I lose control of the metal disc as I'm trying to sit on it. It slides down this slope, hits my sister right in the teeth. Oh, no. One tooth knocked out. Oh, no. Another tooth chipped. Cracked. Blood oh. all over the place. She's screaming, and a couple of things went through my head. Do I go take care of her? Do I go tell my parents, or do I just, just run, run away? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Jump back on the sled and head out of the neighborhood. I had absolutely no idea what to do, and that was the first thought that crossed my mind when I saw that Rory McIlroy hit his father with a drive on seven at the Masters. Uh, when have you unintentionally injured someone? Friend, family member, 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN. Because there was also a time I had a buddy, Coquel, whose father was a golf pro in the Chicagoland area. And this dude was a really good golfer on our high school golf team. He could do anything well. He was a lefty. He could launch the ball. But because his dad was a golf pro... We got to really play anywhere we wanted. All his dad had to do was make a call. Now, I'm terrible at golf. I've always been terrible at golf. He brought me along because uh, it was I had a, a car, and it's fun for us to just go and shoot the bleep and go play 18, and I'll hack it around. He'll go actually do some work. I was in our golf cart, and this was uh, just a, a random, uh, random muni in the Chicagoland area, and so this dude can drive the ball. I'm about 50 yards down the fairway. He gets into this drive, and I'm in the cart, 
and he hits me in the leg. My leg was hanging out of the cart. He hits me in the leg in the outside of the knee bone. So I am with people around, people golfing. I am howling. My foot's on the gas of the of the golf cart because I have no control over my body right now. I'm in immense pain. I have a golf ball mark on my knee and I'm howling and driving this golf cart down the middle of the fairway on a random Thursday afternoon. Just, ah! Mother bleep! Ah! And I've got a welt that's growing on my knee. But my my buddy hit me with a drive, full-fledged, full-into-it, happy-go-more drive from 50 yards away. And it's one of the most painful things that I've ever experienced in my life. That is a major tale of unintentional injury. But he injured his friend, and I couldn't walk correctly for like two weeks after that. I may or may not have broken my little female cousin's arm. Really? Yeah, it was bad. I like was, a total bro- like a like broken broke, arm. broke in a cast after. So she was walking around, my cousin Justine, like she was a tough guy, beating all the other kids. In Mer- Remember the game Mercy, where you lock arms and someone's got to oh, say Oh, so like, this is like a brutal, you dominated her. Like, yeah, she's walking around like oh, she's no. all tough, challenging everyone, beating everyone up. I was like, Justine, like, chill out. Like, you, know, you, know, you don't want any of this. Like, Coquel arm strength, like, I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> I was hitting that age. The forearms were a little extra strong uh, at that point. And you were sort of a, this is not meant to be offensive, but you were sort of a beefy kid, No, I was right? skinny. Really? I was a corner in high school. No way. Corner and running back. Yeah, I was skinny. Skinny until college. Oh, then okay. I got fat. Then I got skinny again. Then I got fat again. <laughs> so, but, but you had you had puberty strength at this point. Yeah, right? like I said, the forearms were getting a little strong. So All the right. game of mercy was working out for me. At and how age. much younger was your cousin than you? She was four or five years younger. So she was like seven or eight. Oh, come on, man. But she was walking around all tough. So then I went to play and I went to joke around with her and she was like actually like hurting me. So I had to turn it on a little bit, you know, flex the muscles a little bit. I'm, and I go and I start to go back and all of a sudden I hear crack. Oh, my God. And she just starts crying. And I just sat there like, uh, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, uh, like still holding her hands. I was like, well, let me let go of this. And I knew I was in trouble. So I just kind of sat there and sat down and was waiting to get screamed at. Holy hell. At least with me, me injuring my sister was a mistake. My buddy, I mean, he didn't look to see if I was in the way before he launched that drive. You like gladiator style dominated a member of your family and broke her arm. That's, um, like that's horrifying. You no, you just, have a dark soul. Yeah, watch yourself. Watch yourself around here. <laughs> that's I mean that's legit terrifying. I didn't realize you had that dark. She was mouthing off saying she's the <laughs> toughest in the family. No, um, I don't think so. I'm the toughest out of all the girl cousins that are younger than me. Have you ever unintentionally, or I guess in Coquel's uh, world, intentionally, um, viciously injure your friends or family like Rory McIlroy did yesterday, hitting his approach into his father's leg? 888-760-3776, 888-760-ESPN, and you can tweet the show at ESPN West Palm. When we return, we'll be joined by a man who plied his football trade in Palm Beach County, starred at Jupiter High School, played quarterback at Wake Forest, and came back to finish his college career at Florida Atlantic. But many of you, many of the women who might be listening right now, especially know him as the star of the Alabama Hannah season of The Bachelorette. Tyler Cameron comes to hang without, uh, uh, hang out with us next. He's Chris Coquel, the arm breaker. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like... I think Coquel is waving the white flag on the pimento cheese. Bro, you look pale. 
I feel like I'm gonna puke. You really I feel gross, and I have so much to do today. Oh, man, I hate to laugh, but this went about as hilariously as I thought it might. Chris Kokal trying to get to the master's spirit. You were very, very energetic about the opportunity to eat pimento cheese after I told you and warned you that it was rough and the texture was not great, but you dove right in and you dove right back out. That's not <laughs> cheese. That's a, that's false advertising. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of cheese in my life, and that's not it. Oh, man. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. What the hell moments of the week will uh, come up uh, in about 10 minutes' time or so, but uh, really uh, excited to welcome on our next guest here on uh, on. Ken Levick alive. He is someone that I've known for quite some time, known the family for a while as well. Uh, he played his high school football at Jupiter High School. He played his college ball first at Wake Forest and then at Florida Atlantic, but now is known as one of the most popular contestants in The Bachelorette history, the hit television show on ABC. Our friend Tyler Cameron joins us here on ESPN 106.3. Tyler, how are you, man? It's good to talk to you. Ken, man, congratulations on your new show. Uh, excited to be on here with you. How's everything going? Good, man. Really good, and really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, before we uh, we get into anything, uh, you and uh, as far as the Masters is concerned, do you get up for the Masters? Are you a big Masters fan? And also, your thoughts on pimento cheese? Uh, first of all, pimento cheese is whack. <laughs> Second so of whack. all... Second of all, I, I I don't really watch much golf, but my buddy, one of my best childhood friends, has tickets every year for the Masters, and he still finds ways not to invite me. So I'm, I'm, I have a bone to pick with him every year about it. So hopefully I'll go one of these years. But, yeah, I haven't, I'm not really into it. Um, what perks came from you being on The Bachelorette? What are a couple of things that you weren't able to do before The Bachelorette that you have been able to experience post The Bachelorette? Well, you know, before I was on the Bachelorette, you wouldn't have me on your show, and now you have me on your show. Well played. So that's that's the biggest perk I got, right? You know, I'm on the Ken Levick show right now. That's a big deal. I've seen you on red carpets and surrounded by photographers and that whole life. What is that like? How do you handle that? Do you like that? Has the luster worn off? Your thoughts on the celebrity life that you've experienced? It's cool. I enjoyed it. You know, um, you know. It's, it's fun to be in it. It's fun to share it with the people like I love. Like I got to bring my mom to the People's Choice Awards, and that was, you know, an experience that I always cherish. You know, I got to bring my family up for the New York City Marathon. I got the whole VIP treatment, and that was cool. But I tell you what, man, like you know, COVID happened. I got back down to Jupiter. I got back down to my roots, and I, I kind of love being here. So I'm kind of like saying, you know, screw New York, screw LA. I want to live down here in Florida and, and kind of build my businesses and, and see what happens. Yeah, and I was going to say, because and we're joined by Tyler Cameron, star of The Bachelorette, and uh, played his high school football here in Palm Beach County, Jupiter High School, played at Wake Forest and, uh, and FAU as well. I do notice that uh, social media activity from you has, has decreased a bit. It seems like you're sort of just settled in now. Uh, I, you're, you're ready to transition outside of, uh, of public life, kind of settle in a little bit down here into a, 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 a post-celebrity life? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you, know, I'll, you know, whatever opportunities come my way, I'll, I'll check them out and see what they are. But, you know, I want to I want to build something down here in Florida. I always say I want things I want to do is I want to I want to coach football. You know, I want to be a dad. I want to do all that stuff. I raise a family down here. And so, you know, I want to, you know, COVID kind of settled me back down. You know, I'm building houses now. I'm doing the things I've always wanted to do. And uh, if opportunities come my way to go do something in LA or New York, you know, I'll look at it and take it. But I want to build businesses and I want to build a life. 
I love it. I absolutely love that. I do want to ask you, because I, I don't know exactly how this timeline took place. In Coquel, uh, the... the I had this was top sixty three our top sixty three event uh, a couple of years ago. His brother was being honored. Tyler's brother now plays for FAU. Uh, was, was yeah, being I, I had to pay some extra money to get him on that list. Didn't I? <laughs> you did, you did. Um, but I greatly appreciate you making that car payment for me. So thank you. That was very very yeah, no nice doubt. of you. Um, but I I see Tyler and. Uh, you know, we caught up a, a good 15, 20 minutes, just kind of how are you doing. And, Tyler, I believe that you were uh, sort of getting into construction at that point, and we finished yep. talking. I'm like, Tyler, great to see you, man. Keep in touch. And then, like, six weeks later, all of a sudden, Tyler's on The Bachelorette. Um, what? How did that come about? Where did that idea come from? Why did you want to do it? And how did you actually get onto The Bachelorette? So, so what really happened was um, – I was home. I was studying for my GC license, and I was taking a break from studying. And I saw like uh, an ad to to go uh, to sign up to be like a, uh, on the WWE, and I feel like a funny application. Uh-huh. I just like put crazy stuff in, and I sent it to my boys, and they're like, "Dude, this is hilarious! Send it! Like, see what <laughs> else you can sign up for too." And then I found the Bachelorette, and I did the same thing with that. Put like you know funny responses, like you know a wacky photo, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And the Bachelorette got to me before the WWE did. The WWE got to me like six months later. They missed out. So, uh, but yeah, then the Bachelorette happened, and it just kind of snowballed from there. And we just kept doing interviews and meetings, and then they brought me on the show. And then I never expected it to explode the way it did, but very grateful. Now, your personality lended perfectly to the Bachelorette, because you're just, you're cool. You're a cool guy. You're someone who's very personable, when it comes to your luck with women, high school, college, how is that Tyler Cameron comparable to what we saw with you being so smooth as hell on the show? Are you are you like that in real life, like you were on the show? Where I mean, you made it work, man. Ken, trial and error, man. Trial and error. <laughs> Live and learn. <laughs> Live and learn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are what were. Um, dates like how awkward is that on your season of the bachelorette to go on a date and there's cameras all over the place you you have you, you know the first week and a half the cameras kind of had me shell-shocked yeah i you know i couldn't couldn't come up with words i couldn't speak to the guys <laughs> in the house i was scared of everything and everyone but then like after like two weeks i kind of got into a groove and I, I then i didn't care i started directing the cameras telling them where to go <laughs> get my good side um exactly <laughs> It seemed like you made some pretty legit friends off of that show. Uh, you didn't win the Bachelorette. You came damn close to winning the Bachelorette. You were a finalist, but it seems like you you came up with a whole new group of friends off of that. Is that what you take most from that experience? Yeah, you know, you're in a very uncomfortable situation, and so you just kind of gravitate to all the guys, and you bond, and you have nothing else to do but sit around and talk. I mean, there was one time we played spades for six hours in a row. Is there any competitive fire, though, where some people are taking it maybe a little more serious than others and trying to win? Oh, yeah, it's, it's very competitive. You can see people, like, self-imploding, and you can just watch, see it in their faces. You can see it the way they speak. And you just, everyone, you know, you, they're, like, ticking time bombs. You just wait for them to go off. How often, and again, we're joined by Tyler Cameron here, formerly of the Bachelorette and uh, former FAU football player as well, Wake Forest, and then, of course, Jupiter High School. How often do you get noticed now when you're out in uh, in public? 
a little bit, but nowhere near as much as you do now down in South Florida, <laughs> down in that's Boca. Right. That's right. Uh, you know, they, those are my people. You know that, Tyler. You absolutely know exactly. that. Anytime you post on social media, I do notice that there immediately are about 50 to 100 women that will tweet at you, uh, will post on your posts. How often do you read the comments? Do you even go down that wormhole? Uh, you know, sometimes here and there for funny things, you know, but I stay away from it. You can't, you can't read into it. Yeah, I would imagine that that gets uh, that gets sort of overwhelming. So, uh, yeah. uh, what was your your? I do want to ask you about a couple of, uh, of football things here, since we do have you, and that's how I initially uh, got to know you. Uh, but Coquel, uh, Tyler, I actually asked Ken when he because I don't really know the Bachelorette. I was like, why are we having the Jupiter quarterback on? I was confused <laughs> and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> um, Jupiter almost stinks, man. Why are you having that kid on? <laughs> um, the, the, the football aspect of your life, and Coquel had mentioned the competitive level of it. How much did that come in handy when you're trying to sort of mentally have an edge in a, in a dating show? Does that, does that bring you any sort of advantage in a situation like that? Oh no! I, there's a re- there's a reason why football guys traditionally crush on that show. Like we're just we're programmed differently, you know. And uh, there's so many mantras that I learned. You know, Coach Partridge had a mantra that he always said, uh, "Be where your feet are," and that one always stuck. That one I, I I think about every day and I use every day. But I used it a ton on that show. And you know he he's a, you know he always talked about it. I remember when we were getting ready to play Florida. And, you know, either you're going to be in front of 90,000 fans and they're going to be screaming. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be the craziest environment you've ever been in. And we're going to have a chance to win that game. But for us to win that game, you got to be where your feet are and know what you're doing and remember what you're doing. Don't get caught up in the hype, you know? Yep. And yep. I love that. And I, that always stuck with me. Who knew that Charlie so Partridge was the key to the Bachelorette? Yeah, Charlie Partridge, yeah, right? he, he, he gave Tyler the edge to it. And it's funny, Tyler, you mentioned that game because I actually was going through a couple of weeks ago, I hadn't heard it in a while, uh, the overtime of that game oh, against Florida. Man. And uh, there was a pass interference that should have been called. FAU should have won the game there at the Swamp. But, there was uh, a couple of those. Yeah, a couple of them. Right, right. Both uh, Exactly. And the most obvious one was against Jensen Stoshak. But uh, I, a couple of uh, – I, I totally forgot in that overtime, you were lined up a couple of times as an H-back in those offensive sets. And, uh, you know, I, I've called so many FAU games over the years, uh, and I – I do like to look back, and Tyler was a big part of what FAU wanted to do uh, as he was trying to grow. How thrilling has it? We had Lane Kiffin on yesterday. How thrilling has it been for you to see sort of the evolution of the program? You were really there at the base. Charlie Partridge set the yeah. base, and then Lane kind of took it and, and knocked it out of the park after that, and now it's a, a legit, really good uh, group of five program. How thrilling for, uh, has it been for you to see the evolution of FAU? Can, have you ever seen the movie uh, Good Luck Chuck? Yep. That's what I feel like when it comes to football. Because like, <laughs> like I was at Wake Forest, uh-huh. I got they, I got dumped, they left me, and then they went to go win bowl games. They never won when I was there. And then I go to FAU, I graduate, they're done with me, and then they go win bowl games. I'm like, what the heck is this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no, I, I am so thrilled, and you know, now my little brother's there, so I get to watch him, and I'm even more locked in now. And uh, I'm just thrilled to watch the program grow. Lane Kiffin did an incredible job there. I was a huge fan of what he did. I mean, FAU was dominating people. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't even, it wasn't even close games. They were dominating that conference. And now, hopefully, Willie Tiger can you know take that, take it over, and keep doing what you know what you know Kiffin did. And I'm excited. You know, they got they got a lot of great things going on. My little brothers in the mix play a lot yep. next year, so yep. it'll be fun to see. 
Yeah, I definitely think that uh, your brother is going to be a significant part of what they're trying to do. Before we go, this is the most important thing I'm going to uh, to ask you uh, because the physique, I mean, you're killing it. Uh, what is uh, what is the workout regimen? What does Tyler Cameron's uh, workout regimen look like right now? Because, uh, I mean, bro, you've got it. It's good. And, you know, it's, it's, it's taking those football principles and bringing them, you know, back home. You know, we, we train hard, at, you know, at FAU, and I, I just take that home here and, I uh, I built a little weight room in my garage, and I just live in there in the mornings. You know, I wake up, you know, throw a little pre-workout down, and just go live in there for an hour or two. Tyler, how do you think Ken would do on the Bachelorette? <laughs> Ken, you know, Ken, Ken, Ken can talk. You know, yeah. we might need to get him some 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 taller shoes because <laughs> everyone's tall on the show. Yeah, yeah. But but Ken can talk, so I think he'll I think he'll make it. You know. You know, five episodes in, and then they're gonna cut it down. Yeah, yeah, because uh, right, right. The, the 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 mouth can only bring me uh, so long. But what we'll do, I'll I'll try and get into the Bachelorette next year. If you want to train me, I'll I'll head up to the gym. I'll pound the pre workout with you and get after it, and at least see if I can bulk up a little bit. Does that work? I love it, Ken. I love it. We'll get you right. Awesome. I appreciate it, Tyler. Thanks for hanging out, man. Really, uh, really proud of you. Proud to see what you're doing, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Okay. Thanks for having me on, King. Congratulations once again. Thanks, man. Tyler Cameron, again, formerly Jupiter High School, FAU, Wake Forest, and also the star of The Bachelorette, the Alabama Hannah season. When we come back, the the what-the-hell moments of the week, things that we heard on this show or in sports, and we just say to ourselves, what the hell? He's Chris Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. If you missed any of The Bachelorette's Tyler Cameron, and it's part of the Ken LaVica Live podcast, Ken LaVica Live featuring Coquel, go ahead and uh, get it wherever you get your favorite podcast, uh, podcast, subscribe, rate it, and boom, it's right there for you right after we conclude at 1 o'clock. Ken Levick alive. He's Chris Coquel. And Coquel, I can, I'm looking at the pimento cheese tub right now. He got through maybe maybe an ounce and a half of the 16 ounces of it. Uh, I think we have discovered your affinity for pimento cheese, and that is a fat zero. Now, I'm now finally not feeling queasy. Like, even mid-Tyler Cameron interview, I was like, I don't know how I feel right now, but I'm good now. So I got through two bites, spoonfuls, and a, three quarters of a sandwich, and that's when I lost it You when you saw me over the garbage can. I, I'm telling you, people pay money for that and eat tons of pimento cheese sandwiches at the Masters. Just to look cool. So you're, so you're chalking that up to just, like, uh, trying to be elite, an yeah, elitist to type fit of... In. It's one of those things. It's like some people <laughs> drink certain beers that are... Whatever, Stella Artois, and it's like, ugh, come on. Why would you use that as an example? I don't know, because to me, that's rich person beer. No, you just think it's rich person beer because it has a fancy name. You you have a weird... Don't get me started on French people. Is it French? I don't know, but I don't know. Artois. Your worldview is Whatever, just drink a Bud Light, okay? (laughs) Get over it. Well, that or is... Or White Claws. No one likes White Claws. Drink a wine cooler. It's funny you mention beers because... I mean, I like White Claws or whatever we have here. (laughs) <laughs> no, All right. no, just stop talking. <laughs> Time now. To get, it's too bad we can't turn that around quickly. <laughs> Let's get to our what the hell moments of the week on this Friday here on Ken LaVica Live. Tuesday, McLovin was in for you, Coquel, producing this program. We went through 
Dustin Johnson's Masters Dinner Menu that would be held that night at Augusta National. McLovin has the palate of a four-year-old. He eats chicken tenders, he eats macaroni and cheese, and he eats french fries. He did not like Dustin Johnson's menu. We went through the main course, and this was McLovin giving a yes or a no to the filet mignon on the menu. Uh, Now the main course, filet mignon. Yeah, but it's not my first choice when it comes to steak. Do you put sauce on your filet mignon? Yes. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) What? All right. That is almost downright offensive. I want the world to know that Brian McLovin Rowitz just announced that he would put, what, A1? Yeah, something like that. Oh, no. like, I wouldn't do, like, ketchup. So McLovin good, just right? said he's going to put A1 on filet mignon. You do not what put, the hell? Yeah, you do not put A1. You do not put Heinz 57. You don't put anything like that on filet mignon. What an uncultured swine Brian McLovin Rowitz is. However, that was topped the very following day. On Wednesday, by the man I'm looking at right now, Chris Coquel, who in a discussion about pimento cheese, unveiled something that disturbed me as much, if not more so, than what McLovin told me on Tuesday. No one eats pimento cheese at any other point during the year except for the Masters. Pimento cheese, the sandwich of Thanksgiving turkey. I put ketchup on my turkey. Are you serious? Yeah. What the hell? Ketchup on turkey. That is brutal. Coquel. You did. I put ketchup on my steak, too. <sighs> Hot dogs, hamburgers. <laughs> Sometimes just bread. Like if I have good potato bread, I love potato bread. The heels that the kids don't eat, dip it in ketchup. Are you a caveman? Yes. I formally apologized to McLovin because what you uh, told me Wednesday and then what you also just revealed that you do ketchup on steak is as revolting as the pimento cheese it's that's good. sitting in front of you do right now. you put now. ketchup on meatloaf? Meatloaf, steak, same thing. Also on Wednesday, it was National Beer Day. So who decided to get into the beer conversation mix? The guy who notably doesn't drink, hasn't drank, has no concept of beer whatsoever, Evan Cohen, get a load of this. Irish cream ale. How many freaking beers are there? Oh, dear. How much time do we have? <laughs> we need to get him uh, like a membership in World of Beer. Uh, are there that many? I mean, that it seems like an, an, an amazing amount of beers. Like, I'm hearing of beers now that I've never heard of in my life. Absolutely. Remarkable. Evan Cohen with the profound question, how many beers are there? <laughs> I mean, come on. But then it was followed up by this attempt at a comedy bit from Evan Seinfeld. You ever find it interesting that like the two social drinks are beer and coffee? Anyone ever find that interesting? I find that fascinating. Like, why can't I be like, hey, you want to go for a sparkling ice? No, no, why does anybody say that? There's hey, you want houses. me to make some crystallite iced tea for us? Like, we'll go sit? I don't get it. It's fun. fascinating. Beer and coffee. Those are the only two social drinks. Maybe tea. But I, it, it's just a weird thing. I would think there maybe should be other social drinks. I'd like to petition, petition for other social drinks. Let's go grab a, and then insert the thing. Of, hey, let's go get a diet ginger ale. What do you think? Cool, Evan. Beer. What's the deal with that? And then Thursday, yesterday. What the hell? On the home team, this took place. And man, does this absolutely warm my heart. Congratulations, AJ. You are qualified. I'll put you on hold right now. 
keep the streak alive, AJ. Tell us, AJ, who's your buddies? Who's your pals? Oh, Ken, for sure. No, no, no. us. Like, who are we? Who are we? What's our names? Who are we? What's the name of the show? I'm going to be honest. I just moved here from Houston. No. Streak is over. <laughs> Ken, for oh, sure. And that's right. And then also yesterday, we go back to Evan. Evan deciding to talk Star Wars, something else he knows absolutely nothing about. What colors are R2-D2? Gold and silver. Oh, my God. No. Who plays Princess Leia? Christina Aguilera. Who said, Luke, I am your father? Okay, let me think here. Luke, I am your father. Jack McKay. I? That's Dylan McKay's dad on 90210. By accident, what happened was he called him Luke, may he rest in peace, Perry, and instead of Dylan. The only human being I know that knows absolutely nothing about Star Wars, and because he was angry that he failed at Star Wars, Evan decided he was going to take a shot at this show. Wow, Julian, thank you. Best show in, in Palm Beach County that you can listen to between noon and one. I mean, really, there's no other show between noon and one that I would advise anyone listening to other than Julian. Um, noon until one on 760 AM on Deportes. What the hell? How salty, how petty do you have to be? Evan, don't take your Star Wars frustrations out on this show, okay? Shots fired. Clearly going after icons. I know, clearly, clearly. But... When you're the, the the new kid in town and people are taking notice, I get it. You're going to take shots at him. Coquel, let's remind everybody, the Ken Levicka Live podcast featuring Coquel. Get it wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to it, rate it, and listen to it. It'll be ready in about 10 minutes' time. Coquel's not going to vomit. He did not finish the pimento cheese challenge, and that will be a wrap for this week. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3, and I just screwed up my name to end the week. Perfect. What the hell?